Taking your calls now till the end of the show is Dr. Anthony Jordan, a leading immunologist in this country. If you've got any questions at all, now's your opportunity. Tyler is standing by, 0800 80 or text 9292 if you want to have your question put to the good doctor. Dr. Anthony Jordan, very good afternoon to you. Afternoon, Simon and James. How are you? Both? Good, thank Great. you. Great, good. Thank you very much. Really good to uh, to talk with you, Doctor. Right hey, from I've the get go. Since last time, I'm now What's leading. That? I'm a now leading immunologist. <laughs> <laughs> I get better every week. Well, you're leading me and Simon. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, you'll be pri- former prime minister and leading immunologist, <laughs> Doctor Jordan. I want to begin with a. Hopefully it's not too difficult a question, but we had about an hour ago a caller who was a really nice chap. He was unvaccinated, and um, and normally we're a bit sort of careful about that, but he was very, very good. He said he was waiting on the Novovax because he didn't want the mRNA of the AstraZeneca, I presume. What's the difference, and should people in his camp, should they wait for Novovax? Um, I think some people choose Novavax because of the technology. So all of these vaccines utilise different technology. So some people like the idea of what we call a protein subunit vaccine, which is what Novavax is. Um, So people just feel more comfortable with that sort of technology. I guess the thing that we worry about is how long are you willing to wait for it? Mm. Mm. Um, In the advent of, you know, ongoing spread, development of new strains, and those are all the things that obviously people need to consider when they're deciding um, that sort of risk-benefit ratio of waiting for how long um, before something arrives. And I think the other thing about Novavax is if you look at both Pfizer and Moderna, the two mRNA vaccines, they've had a lot more time where they've been tested and also observed for. So I guess that's the other thing is you've got to balance up those uh, factors as well. So it hasn't been approved in New Zealand, Novavax, but um, AstraZeneca has, hasn't it? And it became available as of yesterday. Is that right? That's Yeah, that's right. So it went live actually a little bit earlier than we expected. Some people were able to get it on Friday right. and over the weekend, um, but officially went live today. Great and stuff. How are you say, sorry. Go, James. What's sorry, the uptake mate. like, Dr. Jordan? A steady trickle is what I would call it. I guess when you're already <clears throat> sorry, already beyond 90%, you're really just getting a couple of people who are waiting for an alternative to the mRNA vaccine or potentially those people who had a reaction to the first dose of their uh, Pfizer, for example. How's the booster program going this week? It started on Monday too, didn't it, yesterday? Yeah, so the boosters, again, have taken off uh, quite significantly. So... Um, we're seeing, we'll probably think, just thinking about Auckland, for example, because that's where I am at the moment, we're probably estimating that, you know, before Christmas, just after Christmas, there'll probably be a couple of hundred thousand people that are due for uh, a booster dose, given that six-month mark. So, you know, we're getting maybe like eight to 9,000 people through a day at the moment. Great. Now, we're going to take a quick, quick break and then get your calls in just a moment. But one thing we love about you, Dr. Jordan, is, you, is you've got a lot of gravitas because you're not afraid of any questions that people ask, as long as they're sensible and, and considered questions. Here's a texter that says this, Dr. Jordan, why is AstraZeneca banned from 21 countries in Europe? So I don't know if that's true. Is that true for starters? So a lot of the, uh, the countries in Europe put a halt on AstraZeneca when it had the clotting risk. 
And then obviously what a lot of, the, a lot of other countries looked at is once that uh, information came in, so all of the rare side effects, they sort of balanced it up and a lot of other countries commenced their AstraZeneca again. Oh, so they've begun their program again. Great stuff. Yeah. We're joined by the greatest immunologist of all time, Dr. Anthony J. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm related to him. I am now. <laughs> you see what I did there, doctor? Every time you come on, I give... Great. <laughs> and he's my cousin. He's been cutting every time. Yeah, great. No problem. Leader of the free world will be my next introduction. And a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Now, doc- now, doctor, we've got people backing up here wanting to talk yeah. to you, so let's take a call. Peter is on the line with us. G'day, Peter. Greetings. The question I have is to do with the antibody test that they can do by blood, and I was wondering what that test is and what tests have shown that the COVID vaccine increases the antibodies. Yep, so great question, Peter. Currently in New Zealand, we offer an antibody test that looks at two things. Uh, One looks at if you've had COVID before, and that looks for one part of the antibody profile and then the other is able to detect what antibodies you've had to the vaccine so that it's able to distinguish between the two. Um, and what we do with antibodies is we look at how high they rise, so looking at how, um, what level of neutralisation they have and then we watch that over time to see it fall. The other tests that are available overseas are looking at T-cells, so those long-term markers of your immune system that are important for fighting off the infection. And these are the bits that we're more interested in when we think about serious illness and going to hospital. So some of the antibodies drop off uh, over time, over a couple of months, but it's those T-cell tests in the background that are important for long-term protection. Good stuff. Good question, Peter. Hello, Georgie. Hello. Hello, Dr. Jordan, my brother. Um, (laughs) I I was just wondering about how soon we're going to get the more instant tests. Are you talking about the Uh, rapid antigen tests, Georgie? Yeah. 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 So, Georgie, you should expect to see those within the next couple of weeks becoming available, the rapid antigen tests. The other tests that are also being looked at are what we call point-of-care tests, and they're tests that they can do like at the emergency room if you arrive, and they can be done quickly as well. The tests are a little bit different, those two tests. The rapid antigen test is not as good at detecting uh, the virus as it is compared to the PCR test, so that's the test that we've got now. It's not as what we call sensitive. The rapid antigen test works better if you're doing it in like every day. So for some people that are crossing borders, it starts to work better if you're doing it across many days. So the way in which we may use the the rapid antigen test may be different to how we use the current PCR test. Dr. Jordan, could it be possible, you know, for unvaccinated people, for whatever reason they decide to be unvaccinated, or as we had our previous caller that, um, you know, went to church and wasn't vaccinated until the Novavax comes in, could the rapid antigen tests be suitable for people like that as an alternative? Yeah, I think they can. Um, you, you guys know that whenever someone wants to talk about why they don't want to be vaccinated, I think we should really explore that. Mm. Uh, in terms of what they understand. So what is it that they like about Novavax and what are they willing to wait for? 
But yeah, I guess the the repetitive testing as a way of knowing if you've got COVID doesn't necessarily protect you from getting COVID. Mm-hmm. You still can come into contact with other people who pass it on to you, and therefore not having the vaccination puts you at more risk of getting sick. Yeah, good. Okay. Hey, Dr. Jordan, we've got a texter saying, asking, is there an issue if a different vaccine is chosen at the booster for the booster? That's a really good question. So um, you may remember early on in the United Kingdom, they looked at combinations, and the combinations that were looked at were AstraZeneca and Pfizer. Um, and that was important for dose one and dose two. But from the booster studies, the ones that have been truly studied are Pfizer, Pfizer, Pfizer. So if someone's thinking, I might go for an AstraZeneca for my third, that hasn't been well mapped out in terms of what level of protection you would get from that. So I would encourage if you've had Pfizer and you've been fine with Pfizer, go for Pfizer for your third. That's the one that's been studied as a booster the most. Just a curly one on that. Because we were bombarded for a while with text, Dr. Jordan, people saying, check out the Pfizer website. They've had so many failures. They've had so many law cases taken against them and been found wanting. I'd never take a Pfizer vaccine. How do you respond to that sort of rhetoric? I think when you're in the pharmaceutical market or if you're in the medical space, it's pretty normal to go through that. Mm. I would encourage people, if they're interested in that, they probably should look at all companies as a denominator as well. You know, it's not just uh, pharmaceutical companies that face litigation or queries about their products. Right. We'll take one more call here. Sean's been really patient. Hello, Sean. Yeah, g'day, guys. Um, just a question. My, I, I've got friends of mine who are very wary. The um, I keep calling it the RMA, which is give you a headache in itself. <laughs> um, but... So the, the thing that creates your protein, you know, develops proteins, right? So they're kind of thinking this is messing with my molecular structure, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't want to take that one. This is what people are saying to me. And then, so I want to understand what's the difference between that and, you know, other vaccines sort of further coming on the track, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so that's a good question. So the first thing I'd say about the um, mRNA vaccines is they provide a recipe to produce proteins. Uh, on the surface of your cells so that your body can produce antibodies against COVID. They don't actually interfere with your DNA. They don't write backwards. The second bit, why people, and we were just talking about Novavax, these protein subunit vaccines, they've been around for a longer time, and so some people just feel more comfortable with those. So they're actually using a protein rather than using your own internal cells to produce a protein. Right. Dr. Jordan, sadly, we're going to have to leave it there yes. because, but honest to goodness, we've got like so many texts here for you, but we will really look forward to chatting with you again in a fortnight. Yeah, great. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Thank you. (laughs) Dr. Anthony Jordan, uh, leading immunologist. And again, thank you for all the questions on text. I just wish we had more time. We could probably do two hours on that. And Um, we'll save them. Yeah, we will save them. Good idea.